the punk till i die podcast the post 200 episode i hope yes. uh you all enjoyed neil and i wallowing in our crapulence and allowing people to kiss our ass for three plus hours yeah three and a three i don't think it was quite as long as episode 100 but it was still pretty long right i think three hours I 20 think 100 like was over three hours this was like three and three and three quarters hours or something wasn't it it's like 320 i think oh 320 so, something like that yeah well anyway <laughs> yeah we enjoyed meeting each and every one of you yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, if you guys new people, we got a lot of a lot of new folks in the group. And if you guys write in and take it, you know, do stuff in the there group, you go. then just, you might be on episode three hundred. Gives people a good motivation to participate or to leave, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's it is amazing, you know. More people, we we appear to still be picking up new listeners. It's really strange. Well, that's, don't, don't, don't say it's strange. I mean, it's good. It's what we want, right? I mean, we don't well, want yeah, it to be. Yeah, no. Well, it does. It, we pretty much decided a long time ago that if it was just like Richard and Jake and Mike the Mailman, we would keep doing it either way. That's true. But yeah, it's nice yeah. to have a few other little fresh blood. It is. It is. No, I, I agree. No, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it seems like just like last week we said there was 666 folks in our group, and now there's like 100 more than that. It's like, uh, yeah, yes. I don't know. It's it's picking up organically, Every, every I guess. time one leaves, we cry, but when we gain, we celebrate. Yeah, we lose one and gain five for whatever reason. There must be a lot of angry angry uh, people out there, right? When we lose one, I really sort of hope it's just like people are like, I've had it with Facebook. These fascist bastards. I'm still on slightly limited, uh, able to interact because of something I said off the cuff, you know, not well, that, threatening anyone or anything, but just well, stupid. Well, well, that's so stupid. So you got asked, I mean, it was a, there was a poll, right? What's your favorite Dan Kennedy song? So, so every Wednesday on That's Good Enough For Me, which is the site I've been writing reviews for, every Wednesday he picks a different band and said, hey, if you were to introduce somebody to this band, what song would you choose? And it was the Dead Kennedys. And I said, let's lynch the landlord because I love alliteration. And I got 24-hour ban, and now I got like a month of limited ban or something. 
So, so it's because of the word lynch, key, I assume? There must be. There's certain keywords, right? Yeah, but I guess. Apparently, they didn't know that the landlord was white, Neil. <laughs> yeah. Have, oh, well, the purpose lynched. of the song. Yes, indeed. Yes, exactly. But anyway, it's it's typical of Facebook is such a bunch of morons. What they're protecting us from and what they're not protecting us from. They, you know, you can take your agenda and, and suck at Facebook. Just. Well, it's just it's just a, a well. It's just too convenient. Unfortunately, it's really the only convenient way for all of us to get together and to have the kind of group that we have. So it's not like I'm leaving, but I mean, I would. It's just so bad. Well, in a case like that, I guess I can see it. I mean, they have a bot. It's not like someone's looking at all these posts, right? It's just a bot that looks for keywords. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm and sure. the word lynch is, I guess, a. But you should look at context too. They should look at context, right? Well, and there's no sense of irony, no sense of yeah, exactly. There's no whatever, whatever, Neil. I, 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 you know what? Honestly, at this point, I'm on Facebook to interact with our punk light eye people. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only reason I'm on. Well, so. and my yeah, and my family in England, it makes it really handy for doing that kind of thing too. I guess. Yeah, it was it was actually it was a two year anniversary of my mom's death just yesterday. So ah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know what I don't know what the correct response is. I know, right? Yeah, I know. If you, like, congratulations, buddy. No, I'm sorry to hear that. No, let's see. It's been two years. I mean, I'm sorry to hear it, but yeah. That. No, it's no, it's funny when people. It always makes me giggle a little bit, you know, when someone says. I mean, it's not funny, right? But they say, you know, my one of my parents died, you know, on Facebook or whatever, or somebody I know died. And what are you? Are you supposed to give them the thumbs up? I don't know what you're supposed to do yeah, yeah. to show support. You know? Yeah, I pretty much refuse to use the other like emoji things. Yeah. Like the little huggy heart or the, like, I just, I just, I don't know. It's just, it, to me, it's like wearing sandals. I just won't do it. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I knew there was but yeah, it is kind of weird, right? We had to put our beloved family dog down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree. I, I, I'm happy about this message. Yeah. It, that's a weird one. Anyway, I don't Indeed. know. Most of the time, if I like something, it's accidentally bumped it anyway. So anyway, yes. So this will probably be episode 201, I think, Neil. Uh, yeah, well, it certainly should be, yes. Uh, I well, suppose. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have a little bit of a cluster coming up here, but maybe not. Maybe it will, maybe it will take care of itself. So, anyway, i tell you what. Yes. We're going to talk about, I went down to Texas. You did go down to Texas. Yes, we you did. We had a couple of, a couple of prominent folks die. Um, thumbs so that's up. Kinda, <laughs> yes, thumbs up. <laughs> well, it's very different. One was much older than the other, right? Um. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. I well, mean, the other one was... was no spring chicken, but he was, I thought, in really good health. Anyway, okay. So I'll tell you what, Neil. I'm going to start with a song. You want to talk about Texas first? I don't know. You, did you go to any shows while I was going or no? Uh, I did not. I've got my bunch of shows is is starting like up on up, Sunday. Like so I got, I got a shit okay. ton coming up starting Sunday. So we'll talk about that too because I, I, I'm, I don't have a ton coming up until I come to see you in, well, I guess it's less than a month now, isn't it? Uh, it, it's shit, only it two is. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's like two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. Two weeks. Wow. Holy crap. Okay. Time flies when you're occasionally having fun, huh? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. So I'm gonna play a song first. Okay. And this is just to just a, a, something I picked out because I was in Texas and I heard a cool version of this song by the Bulimics, which was of course Jason that we had on the other day. The Bulimics are a cool band, by the way. I had never listened to them before. I hadn't either until I heard that song he picked, and it was really good. I liked it a lot. Well, the next day I went to work and I like streamed some believers. They do a ton of covers, um, but they're really fun, like great garagey, kind of raunchy. Yep. Indeed. So anyway, I heard them doing this song. So I'm gonna, but I'm gonna go back to like the M. This is the MDC version of "Deep in the Heart of Texas," which I think they take some real liberties with the lyrics. I don't think this is uh, a real Texan would. Well, 
I guess Dave Dichter is a real Texan. But anyway, uh, I didn't experience any of the problems that he's going to discuss in this song. But nevertheless, this is MDC with Deep in the Heart of Texas. Millions of dead cops, millions of dead Christians, multi-death corporations, whatever you want to say. Was that Magnus Dom? I can't remember which album that was on. I feel like I have that album, but it doesn't matter. Deep in the heart of Texas. Who did that that originally? Oh, I don't know. Somebody who's been dead for 86 years. I know it was in the Pee Wee Herman movie. I know that. It might be kind of, I think it's sort of like a traditional, it's probably like public domain at this point, right? Public domain. Public so, image. like, somebody like Dave Dicker could take the tune and, like, talk about Nazis and stuff. Indeed. That's what he's He can't to... seem to stop talking about Nazis. Yes, there's Nazis everywhere. Well, it's like funny because one of the other bands I was seriously, seriously considering was the Dicks from Texas. Yes. And all their songs are about the Klan and Nazis, too, so. Oh, and about walking around in women's underwear like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, there you go. But uh, well, anyway, tell everyone why you went down to Austin if they if they don't well, know. So, was, and, and had you ever been before? I so I never been to Austin. It was two twofold. A, I um, it was my anniversary weekend. We you know we were supposed to go on a vacation in December. It fell through. It was my anniversary weekend, and it was funny because I knew the sloppy seconds was. They were touring. They started kind of like in the south end of the Midwest. Let me just say, what, what, were, what better way to celebrate your anniversary than taking your wife to see? Exactly. To see what just sweaty punk rock is in Texas. Mind, Neil. See, we're so alike. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the thing with my wife is she does not like cold weather. Well, so, given the opportunity yeah. to go somewhere warm, she's rarely going to say no. Well, I get that. Yeah. So, and it's, I mean, it has actually, it's been really nice the last couple of days, but it was getting kind of crabby, 50 and rainy, yep. you know? So, looking at Austin with their 82 degree average temperatures and. Um, you know, like that's swimming weather for us, even though I was the only one who went in the pool and it was so cold. I literally just went running back out. But, uh, so we just wanted to get a little break, mm-hmm. a little weekend getaway. And it just, we have a, a discount airline that flies out of Grand Rapids that flies straight to Austin. Oh, cool. 
so yeah, it, it works out really. It works out really nice actually. I love those Allegiant flights. I mean, they're it's not fancy. Like there's no first class or anything. Not that we would have it anyway. But they just it's direct. You know, I mean, it's like three hours later, you're where you want to be. It's so it's pretty cool. Is that one of those ones where you have to fight people for your for your seat? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But but it's it. You know what it is? It's like cheap, but every everything is extra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. Like if you want a seat with leg room, you got to pay extra. If you want to. Pick your seat to guarantee that you sit by your spouse or whatever. You got to pay extra, even though we did not do that, and we always got seated together. So take now, that. Now, how about um, a space in the overhead? Did you have to pay extra for that? If you yes, you had to pay for carry out. We checked one bag. We shared one check bag. Okay, how much did that? Cost? Which is like sixty bucks round yeah. trip or something. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. You know the thing is, I we we only brought one. So you get like one like purse or backpack size thing for free. Yep. But I always like had to save. I, I bring a record bag. I got all these bags from all these different record stores. I always bring a record bag because you don't want your records in your suitcase. Obviously, those people treat your suitcase like they just they, like they're angry at it. You know, they I get bet, thrown all over the place. I, when I go to England, I always actually do that. I put my records in my suitcase. I just put them in between clothes. So I just put them like in the middle with clothes hmm. on either side. And um, and the same as my glasses. When I steal uh, glasses, pint glasses from the pub, mm. I always throw those in my case and just put shove it in, uh, socks and stuff inside the glass. So and I've never had a well, break. Funnily enough, maybe the English are a little more gentle. No, they're assholes. The people at Manchester Airport are world known for being complete dickheads with the bags. But I guess I've been lucky. It's funny because the Greater Habits Airport, they were such humorless pricks. Now we were there like six o'clock in the morning. It was really early. Yeah. Austin, they were very friendly. I thought. Well, there you go. Even though I must, I must say when, <laughs> I must say when we were leaving. Well, no, it was pouring like crazy when we got there. No, it was. But there was this poor guy, that clearly had been sort of living out of his backpack, and they pull him aside, and they are just going through his backpack, and I'm just like, oh well, I guess I used my white privilege card again because it was this poor black guy, and they're just like reading him the riot, you know, just picking through his crap, and I'm just wandering, you know, right through, wave right through, hmm. but. I guess I don't really want the plane to get blown up. These single CD kind of travelers, I guess, are sort of the agreed. You know, yeah, the ones that make people nervous. Yeah, but uh, but no. So we we yeah we so we left at the crack of dawn. We were there. I don't know what time we got there, but it was like like nine o'clock in the morning or something. Oh, Maybe me, like eight. Is that central or is it east? That's central. Yeah, central, so we yeah, picked okay. up an hour on the way there. Yeah, yeah. But we get there and it was weird too because I've never had this before. You unload the plane outside. Like here, whenever we unload a plane, it pulls right up and they have the tube thing come out or whatever. Yeah. So you never are outside. We get out and the, the rain is coming in sideways. <laughs> we were Fun. soaked. Our bags were soaked. It was bizarre, honestly. Huh. I wonder what to do and, with uh, that. So, Your last a pretty my, big my airport last... from what I remember. Well, the thing is, the discount airlines are at this weird little terminal all by itself. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we were out in the middle of, out in the middle of nowhere. And, and it wasn't that big deal. We grabbed, a, we grabbed an Uber and got over to the hotel and... And actually, we were sitting in the lobby trying to figure out what to do. We checked our bags. They let us check our bags. But, you know, check-in was like 3 or 4 o'clock, but he managed to get us rooms at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock or something, which was very nice. So we kind of stashed our stuff. And then we went and ate burgers, Neil, delicious hamburgers at a little place called Jew Boy Burgers. Oh, that's right. You sent me a picture of this place, yes. And it's which, it's, it's not owned by a Nazi, right? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's owned by like a – who is it? Isn't our friend Mike like half Jewish, half Mexican? 
Like, uh, I think that must be what this was, because it was like Jewish-inspired burgers with a Mexican twist or something? Yeah, I remember. I, you know what? I looked at their website, and that's that's what it was, or something like that, yeah. But which, it was which the, Mike? Not Mike the Mailman, surely. No, no, Mike uh, Mike from uh, Sexy Baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, I don't know, man. He might be. I have no idea. I, I remember him saying that when we had him on, like, making a joke about it. But anyway, um, the food was excellent. See, that's the thing, too, with Austin. I got to say, I mean, they have better tacos at the gas station than a lot of Mexican restaurants up here, you know? Oh, interesting. The food, yeah. The food is, food is very good. Yeah. So we had really good burgers and this was when, and now this is the point. It was about noon, maybe a little before that I became acquainted with the Texas version of PBR. Uh, was Lone Star? Which is Lone Star, yes. I do like Lone Star. I do like that a lot, actually. Boy, yeah. I don't know, Neil. I tell you what, I, I thought if you're looking for a beer that's not quite as good as PBR, I think Lone Star is the beer for you. <laughs> I, now, now that being said, I stuck with it all weekend. I yeah. probably drank fifty of them. You know, I just that was what I stuck with. Tall boys, bottles. The bottle caps have these little puzzles in them. Yep. But they're so freaking small. I'm like got my flashlight out on my phone. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I do so like that, I do like Lone Star. I, I uh, that used to be one of my go to if I just wanted a regular American beer. That used to be one of my go tos actually. Could you get that in Illinois? Oh yeah. Yeah, we used I to have, have never... we used to have a barbecue like a Texas style barbecue place in Evanston, and that's what I used to get there all the time. Wow, I didn't yeah. know they imported it at all. Yeah, I've never seen it in Michigan, but Michigan's a little little uh, proprietary. Backward, get yeah, backward, Tom. Let's face well, it. Well, no, I think they're really protective of their Michigan breweries. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. You know, like we can't get uh, what's that stupid England, New England, not a New England, it's Yinling. You know, Yinling. Yinling, yep, yeah, Yinling. It's very popular, I guess. I don't know. It's nothing special, but it's you can't get it in Michigan. I like Yingling. Dude, that's so funny you mentioned Yingling because the last time I went down to see Mike to get my haircut because he's he's also my barber. Um, he's got an old school barber shop, like old school chairs and an old school fridge, like an old fifties style fridge with a big big ass pulled door. You know. Yeah. Um, apps. The fridge was absolutely full of Yingling. I love like, that he's full. got a fridge from the fifties that still works, and mine from like two thousand nine is dead. <laughs> right. That's true, man. That's true. Uh, yep, that's but, true. Yeah, so so yeah, I drank that all weekend, and then the the so we ended up so we went to see Sloppy, but we actually on the Friday night we were down there. Uh, me first and the Gimme Gimmies were playing at another place, actually an outdoor venue on the south side of town. Now, Neil, do you know who Me First and the Gimme Gimmies are? They do lots of stupid covers and stuff, right? They no, they exclusively do stupid covers. Oh, exclusively. Okay, yeah. But yes, it, so it's Spike Slauson, who's got a great voice and plays like a great lounge lizard type character. Okay. Um, but he is the he played with Swingin' Utters. He sings for Revolts. I think he played bass for Swingin' Utters. Okay. But he's like a San Francisco guy, been around forever. The original uh, me first in the Gimme Gimmies, it was like Fat Mike on bass, uh, Spike Slauson singing. I think. Uh, one of the guys from Foo Fighters played guitar. I mean, it was like a real celebrity band, like all big kind of big people. Mm-hmm. Now, the touring version is slightly less exotic, but actually was kind of cool because C.J. Ramon was playing bass. Oh, is that right? That's cool. Who I have literally had – I know he tours and stuff and puts out solo albums, or he did at least, but I literally hadn't seen him since I saw the Ramones in like 95 or 96. Hmm. How did he look? He looks old. <laughs> well, he he doesn't look like that young, long – he doesn't look like that young, long-haired guy that right the fresh you know we yeah. saw playing with the Ramones yeah um, but he was, he was good it was fun you know I mean they all wear Hawaiian shirts it was just kind of a 
free for all. And the uh, other guitar player was Sandra D from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Oh, so, okay. The female, female guitar player. The other, the other guys were, I don't remember what the other guys were. They weren't really known to me. I think the guitar player was from Strung Out and I can't remember who they said the drummer was from, but they were good. It was a lot of fun. Our wives really enjoyed it. Now you say all wives, who do you go with? Scott and his wife. Oh, Scott and his wife went. Okay, okay. Hey, Scott. Yeah, yeah. They were able to get away for the weekend, which is nice because he's got some things that make it very difficult for him to travel. So, so hold on. So, um, your wife actually agreed to go to the show because sometimes she doesn't go to the show. She just goes out drinking or to a, to the pool or whatever, right? So, yeah. But she actually went <laughs> yeah. to the show this time. Yeah, she went to both of them. As a matter of fact, she have fun. Yeah, I think so. I I think she liked me in the Gimme Gimmies. We pretty much so so it was at this place called the far out lounge okay it was way in the south side of town it was not a very big bar but they had this huge outdoor area it was like a freaking fairgrounds out there hmm. it was all lit up they had vendors selling all kinds of garbage they had uh, food trucks the porta potties had like real toilets in them now was that especially for the show or it's like that all the time you think i think they, it's like that all the time hmm. well you know obviously it's a little seasonal you know there's they still have seasons a little bit but you know, of course, I'm there in my shorts, which, yep. you know, of course. I always wear my shorts. And people there, dude, they're wearing scarves, <laughs> like jackets. Yeah, yeah. What was it, it was, like 75 degrees or something? No, I think it was in the 50s at Oh, night. shit. Okay. All right. It was chilly. I mean, it was chilly. It wasn't, it wasn't that night. It's I had not sweat. scarf weather. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's not winter, you know, like our winter, right? But the opening bands didn't do much for me, I must say. I don't even know. One was called The Black Tones. I don't even know what the other one was. I thought it was supposed to be that surfboard that everybody loves that I don't care about. There's a lot of those, a lot of like yeah. surfy bands, and they yeah. all get very old after one or two songs. They well, get I don't even old. know if they're surfy. They they sounded more to me like a like a sort of a Devo new indie kind of. I don't know. They just didn't do anything for me. Hmm. But they're the flavor of the month. But anyway, they didn't play, so it doesn't matter. We're just oh, insulting okay. them for no reason. But yeah, the Black Tones had more of a soul thing going on, and and, and well, they weren't horrible. We just didn't pay much attention to it. it wasn't really my thing. But yeah, then we went over and watched me first in the Gimme Gimme's play like, you know, John Denver, Neil Diamond songs and stuff. It was a good time. $10 over there for a tall boy Lone Star. No. Oh, shit. Um, steep, man. Steep. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, surfboard. Okay. And the black tones at the far out lounge. Okay. Yeah, that did, I'm telling you, that didn't happen. It, okay. it wound up being different, but but it was cool. It was fun. Had a good time. Um. Okay, and how many people were there? Was it pretty full or what? I don't know if there was a thousand, but there was a lot. Wow, over five hundred, I bet. Wow, it was a big, it was a big show. See, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that I mean, I don't know what to make of that when you know a local touring, like if Susie Moon played or if if I like you know yeah, um, a couple the, hundred maybe. If the yeah. Ravages played, yeah, they might get a couple hundred, and this a joke band gets five hundred to a thousand. That's well, I feel like weird. the whole city of Austin is. They don't know if they're in on the joke or not. <laughs> okay, it's a weird, it's a weird place. Well, yeah, because we went and saw Sloppy. So now Sloppy sold out their venue, but it was like two twenty five. So it was a small. It was. It wasn't at a donut place or something. No, or was that something else? Uh, coffee shop. So, coffee shop. Yeah, so okay. I tell you what, you want to play a song or. You uh, are you ready to play a song yet, or not really? Not really. All I don't. I don't really now have anything that would fit with the vibe you're you're talking about right now. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. So that so that was our Friday night, and that was that was a lot of fun. But I, actually, the next song would kind of fit the vibe. So the following night, the Misfits. So thing with Austin, and which I didn't realize until we went there, it's really central. I mean, it's three hours or less from Austin 
or from Austin. It's Austin is less than three hours from Austin, Neil. Can you believe that? Believe but no, Austin is within three hours of Dallas. It's within three hours of San Antonio. It's within three hours of Houston. And it's just, you know, it's just right in the middle. Right. But Dallas, uh, the Misfits played Dallas the Saturday night we were down there. Oh, okay. Wow. So I picked this song because, I don't know, I think it's an awesome song. And the Misfits were playing in Dallas and the same night as Sloppy Seconds. And uh, I went saw Sloppy Seconds instead. But this is Misfits. Texas is the reason. Bullet. All right, Misfits there with Bullet. Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Such a good song, man. Yeah. Texas me is up the so reason. Much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so what did we do Saturday during the day? You know, we just kind of chilled out, drank by the pool a little bit. So, do you go record shopping and stuff? You know what? I did Friday actually. So we went to that Jubilee Burger, and then we went walking down, and I went to a pretty decent little record store actually. I bought a couple seven inches, and and they had some pretty good stuff there. I probably should have bought more. But I hadn't been to any shows yet, so I didn't know if I was going to – I was kind of uh, holding off because I didn't know if I was going to buy some stuff at the at the uh, shows. Meanwhile, the shows had very, very little vinyl. Well, Sloppy did, but I got all that, of course. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, But, uh, yeah, I bought a couple 7-inches. I bought a Mud Honey 7-inch. Yeah, I went to a place called Breakaway Records which is on the north side of town, and it was cool. It was a cool shop. I definitely would recommend it. Had a lot of new stuff. They had a punk section. They had a metal section. Hmm. And they had, they had a lot of cheap stuff, and they had, they had singles and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a cool little shop. So what uh, does Cheryl do while you're doing that? I'm guessing she um, doesn't come in the record store with you. So we went to this weird little neighborhood. They had, like, some, like, thrift stores and uh, kind of, like, kitschy secondhand shops yeah i've been i've been down there that's like on the other side of because i've already been to austin once and we i think we walked down there it's almost like the college district i think right well that's we went we we ended up there later this was just a little tiny berg kind of in a ghetto we walked it's interesting because we didn't have a car you know we ubered and walked and we stayed near the venue that sloppy played at which if we were to go back we would stay more in the central part of town 
but uh, yeah, we walked to some weird little weird little neighborhoods, but it wasn't a big neighborhood. It was just small. But yeah, they went to a couple little kitschy shops, and then of course they hit the bar. There was a bar there called Workhorse or something like that. It was pretty decent. Okay. Put up a sticker. Good. I good, was good. pretty good with my stickering this time, Neil. Good man. Any out stickers and stickering things. Um. So yeah, I did do a little record shopping, but I probably should. I I probably should have grabbed a couple more things, but like I said, I was kind of holding off till the shows. So oh, yeah. just um, in case, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, and just. Eh. I, I just I'm I'm having I'm, I'm I know you're having the same issue. I'm having some space issues. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sort of. I'm not saying I'm not going to buy anything because I will. I'll keep buying things, but I I want to probably clear a little bit of stuff out, and then I need to sort of rearrange. I need yep. to get my ten inches out of my big record shelf so I can make some more room. But I'm I'm getting pretty close to full. And like I said, I'm not saying that's the end, but. I don't know. It might be like a one-in-one-out kind of situation or something. I don't well, know. Well, here's what I did. Cause I did this today, as a matter of fact, because I work from home on Wednesdays. So yeah. I took advantage. And I, what I did, I moved out you, all my— You literally worked from home without doing any actual work. Huh? I, I moved all my box sets from the regular um, and, and some of my compilations. So now the, my main record thing is just A through Z. A lot of the compilations have moved to a different shelf, which gave me room, I don't know, maybe 50 50 records room, maybe? So. I am, you know, it's funny. I am, oh, you, Sheena. Sheena! Good for you, Sheena. She probably just ate. She's probably going to take a dump. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, the compilation record thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I am not a big compilation guy. Are you? Um, I it depends. Some some I've got some absolute classics, and then I got some box sets like a like a Trojan Records box set and uh, a mod box set and stuff like that. So and those box sets take up a lot of room because you got them in the box, right? Obviously, sure. So. The only box that I have is that Ramones one, which is ah, maybe yeah, the size yeah. of like eight eight or you know eight or ten records thick. Mm-hmm. I just I'm not a big comp guy. I've got some really cool ones. I mean, Alan gave me this one that was like from Push Pushmart Records from Pushheads. Is it Pusmort? Yeah, I've got I've got that one. Yeah, it's cleanse the bacteria, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've yeah. got some really, and I've got some really. I got all like the classic ones. I have most of them on CD, but I have a lot of the class. You know, I have some cool like Oi compilations from Pirates Press and stuff like that. But I just I never listen to them. I even have like that the great double album, Let Them Know, the BYO story one. I just, I mean, I'm not a big listener to those. Hmm. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so yeah, Saturday we just. We walked over to the government-run liquor store, or whatever it was, and we, because they still have some weird like blue laws, like we used to have here in Michigan, like sub out Sunday booze and stuff like that. Oh, is that right? That's weird. So we went and bought some. We went and got some beer and stuff, and we kind of just chilled by the pool until showtime. Um, and then we kind of got stuck where we had to eat like at a crappy Panda Express or something because we kind of backed ourselves into a corner. But anyway. <laughs> Um, the thing with the sloppy show. So, so we went over there for coffee earlier in the day, you know, nothing like, you know, your $6 coffee and your $5 cookie or whatever for scoping out the venue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it was a really kitschy hipster coffee shop. Okay. Yeah. It's called kick butt coffee. Okay. It was a cool enough place. And I think the re- part of the reason it's called kick butt coffee is there's like a karate studio right next door. Oh, okay. Well, makes There's sense. actually one spot where you can look through the window from the coffee shop out and watch the kids beat the piss out of each other. <laughs> Fun. So, um, 
so yeah, and then and like at night they transform it and they just rip all, take all the tables out and stuff, and just it's got a decent size little stage over in the corner, and uh, yeah, I think it holds two two twenty five or something like that. Um, and it's cool they have this area they rope off for a green room because one of the guys from Sloppy let me come into the green room, which I felt very special. Um, but it was uh, it was a cool setup, and they set up some tables and stuff outside. And they let you take your drinks outside. So the whole parking lot became part of the bar, which was nice because it was crowded when everybody was in there. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting venue. Kick butt coffee. I think when we had Jason the other day, he was saying that's where the punk shows are at. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, okay, okay, so this was a surprise for BA and the boys, right? They didn't know you yeah, were yeah. coming down there? No, they didn't. So what happened when they saw you? Oh, no, you know, just, you know, hugs and handshakes and, yeah. Good time. They're always glad to see us. Was Cheryl amazed that uh, the band knew you and stuff? Or she no, she'd already whole... experienced. She'd already experienced that when we. She'd experienced that. Okay, that crazy. When we went to Solomon Vegas a couple yeah, few yeah. years ago. Okay. Um, he BA did give us a shout out from stage. Oh, excellent. Tom and Scott, our friends from Grand Rapids, are here, so that was cool. Oh, he didn't give the podcast a shout out. No, no, no he just got a fucking shout traitor. Out. But uh, it was uh, it was the thing. The only thing I will say about this show that was kind of a bummer. The, the the opening bands were honestly pretty good. None of them were terrible, but okay. there were four openers. Okay. So there's four openers, and the first one on at like eight thirty. Oh and, fucking hell, man! This is a late and, show. Shit. And they played till they played till like quarter after nine, and I'm like, oh, we are so screwed. Oh my god. So guess what time slot to see? Just take a wild guess. Uh, twelve forty-five. So close. It was a little after one thirty. Oh fuck's sake! I... <laughs> oh my god! By the time they were done, is about the time I'm waking up. <laughs> By the time we got done saying our goodbyes and heading back to the hotel, the last time I looked at the clock, it was like three a.m. Why the fuck would they put on? Would they start a show at that time with five bands? Well, I, I don't ridiculous. know. And, and that's too much. That's too many bands. Damn straight. Um, and, but they have no control over that. You know, it's funny if you're if you get to like a little higher level, you can you can say, oh, you know, we only allow you know what there's two bands. But everybody wants to play with them. They know a ton of bands. He was you know, BA was telling us about the Texas connection. They know so many people in Texas. I think every one of the four bands had a personal connection to the band. Well, that's fine, but start the show at seven then. Yeah, exactly. And half hour sets. Yep. Yeah. You know, one wants to see an opening band for a fucking hour. The opening band were called Brutality Incorporated. I think they were the favorite of the group, hmm. like of our group. They played, uh, they played uh, the Coxbar song uh, because you're young, mm-hmm. and they played the Tom. Hello, hello. It's just like these old old oh. dudes with bald heads and white beards and stuff. You cut out on me there for a second. What did you say? I said they they looked like Judas Priest or something. Oh, okay. They were dressed like bikers. They had like shaved heads and gray beards, and but they okay. were they were cool. <clears throat> and the other, let me, let me get, let me look at the names of the other bands just to just for the fun of it, just to be democratic here. So the first band was called Brutality Incorporated. The second band was called Shitty Advice. They were a little more metallic. They were not such a big hit with the rest of my group. I thought they were pretty decent. Uh, then Thirteenth Victim, which were these kind of long-haired hillbilly punks. It sounds like they could have and easily then, cut one of these bands out. And then Worm Suicide, which is this weird—I don't know—they the singer was wearing like a lucha libre mask, like a wrestling mask, and the they were wearing like these sequin Liberace jackets. But they played a cover of Children in Heat, so that was cool. <clears throat> so that was. Uh, 
like I said, none of the bands were bad, but you're right. Start early. I'm I'm glad that we had we grabbed a little table outside so the girls could sit outside and have their drinks and didn't have to stand there and watch all the bands. Didn't they want to leave and go back to the hotel or something? Three a.m. Jesus. Who nah, missed? they were good sports. They are good sports. They were better sports than me. I would have fucking yeah. left. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how many people out of the 225 were still there by that time? Pretty much everybody. Fuck me. Jesus. Maybe Austin's different than up here. I don't know, man. Well, you know, we went to like 6th Street area, the downtown area, the main hipster area on Sunday night. How did which you was like still, that? How did you like still that? Still hopping and tons yeah. of Halloween parties. I mean, dude, these girls in their Halloween costumes. Yep. Tell me about it. Holy cow, I almost fell off a curb. <laughs> Broke my hip or something. Um, but I tell you what. So we went to some real cool bars, actually. But we, we could have been everybody that's there's parents. Right, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was so young. And, you know, we went to a like a Texas barbecue place called Terry Black's. This was like a famous place. It was very good. But you buy the meat by the pound. I mean, like, like we bought like two strips of brisket for us. It was like 22 bucks just for the brisket. I mean, the guy's just piling this meat on our plate, and I'm watching my – Watching my bill go. <laughs> That's all right. That was the closest thing we had to like a nice anniversary dinner, so it was cool. Yeah, when I the one time I was in Austin, I stayed at a fancy hotel. It was right by Sixth Street. It was uh, right in that neighborhood. That's, there, see now, so. that's where I would stay. I think if we went back. Yeah, and we was hopping. It was. I mean, Sixth Street is crazy, right? Oh yeah, that's, I think uh, the, and the bars were open until three a.m. Yeah. You know, and, and we didn't make it that long on Sunday. I think we made it till about midnight. We had to grab a. We had to go fairly early to the airport. I think our flight left at 9, so we wanted to be there by 7. But meanwhile, they had this little weird terminal, so we were literally – it took maybe a half hour for everything, and we're just sitting there. Hmm. And then we ended up leaving a half hour late or whatever anyway. So, But uh, it, my observations on, Houston, or on Austin, honestly, is it's a nice town. It's a fun town. It's grown like crazy. So in, in 1990, it had like 400,000 people. And 30 years later, it had like a million people. Hmm. So it's full of transplants, and it, it really felt more to me like a Midwestern college town than it did a Texas town. Well, they always say it's not like Texas, right? It's well, in Texas, no, but it doesn't feel like a Texas city. Hardly anybody has a draw. Yeah. Don't I mean, see a lot of cowboy hats. There's no, no, not at all. I mean, one bar we went to played country music, and honestly, that was our favorite because every other bar was playing hip hop so freaking loud. Was rattling through our old skulls, you know. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, which is God is so annoying. My 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 wife's always like, "Well, what do you want them to play? Punk rock?" I'm like, "I don't know, but this is. I mean, I, it's it's just awful. Anything but this is the loud, my answer. Yes, I mean, I'm telling you, play Journey. Yeah, play you, some. You know, yeah. you would you would rather listen to Super Tramp than what they were playing in these places. I think I would just leave and go back to my hotel at that point. Well, you <laughs> but know, I kind of to... agree. I, I know what you mean. I know what you. I do know. But what we you only mean. had, yeah. you know, we had a weekend, so we were yeah. just trying to cram as much as we, as we could into the weekend, and we and we did. It was it was, uh, but it was uh, yeah, it was real good, man. It was. I'm trying to think what else. You know, we just we stayed busy and we just had a nice time. Drank a ton of beer, man. I bet. And yeah. then we came home. Uh, you know, we got home early afternoon, and then we still had our traditional Halloween party. So I was pretty whipped, and I'm on call for work. So I'm pretty whipped by the time uh, bedtime rolled around on Monday. That's the thing with these short vacations. It's just like when I come see you probably in a couple of weeks. I'm going to need a freaking day off from my day off. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's true. That's true. Because you'll come in. It's a Thursday night show, right? Yeah. And then so Friday, you gonna we're going to go record shopping or something? Yeah, we better do something on Friday. I don't want to just turn around and go home. Right. 
Yeah, we'll do. We definitely do. Now something. I don't know if yeah. we'll stay another night or not. If there's something else going on, I'd certainly be up for staying another night. So we'll now, where are you staying? Uh, we're staying right in the De- De- Des Plaines. Des Plaines. Okay. Yeah, that's just that's just west for me. It's straight west. It's yeah. Straight so west we, yeah, we'll, we'll meet up later. I'll we meet you over in Evanston or whatever. Yep. I'm I I gotta make sure who's coming. Scott and I are definitely coming. I think our buddy Mark from the DUIs is coming. I didn't think Scott was coming. Nope, Scott is coming to this one. Okay. He just he just missed the one. He had some stuff he had to do. I hope he fits in the seat. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll. How is up. he on the plane in this little plane like that? He must be terribly. They're not. Cramped. They're not. They're regular planes. Oh, okay. Well, still, even at a regular plane, man. Those, I mean, they're those not huge. They're like three on a side, row in the middle. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess. They're... I mean, I guess it's a pretty short flight too. It's not like it's going to England or something. I mean, the first time I went on a like, I remember flying. I don't remember if we were flying out of Chicago or what. When I went to Mexico as a kid, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I, I swear the plane was like 10 rows wide in the middle, and then there was like an aisle on either side, but I might be imagining it. Every time I've flown since then has been, you know. Miserable, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a bad flyer. I usually go right to sleep. Oh, I'm jealous of you. I could never sleep on a plane. As a matter of fact, I was so looking forward to going to sleep on this flight. But we had a real friendly guy in our room. We just talked to him for two two hours and fifty minutes the whole flight, and that's I was so tired. Like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> okay, good. Nice, nice. It was, it was fine. I mean, it was it was kept my wife entertained. So, anyway, yeah, that was that was my trip to Austin. Man, it was a good time. It was good to see the sloppy dudes. It was good to see a couple shows. Even though Austin's known for his music, and I literally saw no like music that wasn't imported. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, it was cool that you got to see the meet first and the gimme gimme thing as well. I mean, that was yeah, fun. It's that nice was fun. To, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And yeah. like I said, the girls really, the girls really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's a cool city. I would, I would definitely go back. I don't know if I will go back, but I would definitely go back given the opportunity. Yeah, I would too. I would too for sure. Like I said, it's so easy, man. Jump on a plane. Three hours later, you're down there. Well, while you so. were gone, there was some. Uh, pretty famous rock and roll deaths right well there was to bring every, everybody down um first we had the uh the killer uh rock and roll legend jerry lee lewis who i must admit i looked him up a few months ago to see if he was still alive and i was amazed to see that he was but uh i guess now <laughs> now he's not so, how old was he i think he's like about my grandfather's age right like late 80s Late 80s, yeah. Was he 90? I'm not quite sure if he was that old, but he was, uh, yeah, he was certainly... Married seven times. Yes, most infamously to his 13-year-old cousin, of Which, course. Which, it's a, you know, it's funny. Yeah, he was, so the, that, he kind of fell out of favor for that, right? Like, I mean, that was kind of a career killer for him. I, eh, well, I mean, there was lots of things that would kill his career, right? He was a wild man, alcoholic, he didn't care about who he who he pissed off and what he said you know he was a he was a true he was a punk rocker before there was punk rock my right? hero I mean, he was fucking he was all other over than the goddamn place other than the 13 year old cousin thing yeah <laughs> it, it, back it, in the day it, was, it depends well it was legal i mean yeah, it was legal say yeah. it yeah louisiana I mean, as repulsive yeah. as it is yeah i mean it, it hey listen on the plus side the marriage didn't last <laughs> who could have foreseen that yeah exactly <laughs> now did you ever see the movie great balls of fire I don't think I ever did. Okay, 80s, okay. Right? Do you know? See, I just thought of this. Do you? So, okay, you've never seen it, so you don't know who played. Winona Ryder played his thirteen-year-old cousin, right? Who you know? Is that true? Rob. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that at all. And playing her dad was. Uh, Bob what's Ryder. his name? What's his name from X? Uh, oh, John Doe. John Doe. John Doe played the uh, played the cousin's oh, dad. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I yeah. know John Doe did a bunch of films, but I really yeah. can't think of anything he was in. He was in Roadhouse, I think, wasn't he, with Patrick Swayze? 
Was he? You've seen know. that one, I'm sure. At the time that came out, I don't know that I would have known who John Doe is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in that. He was he was never a particularly good actor. He was pretty stone faced. I'm reading his. I'm reading. I'm reading his book right now still. Hmm. And I'm reading about kind of like X. I think breaking up the first time. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I got. I'm on the edge of my seat. Was it because of Winona Ryder? Possibly. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you Allegedly. what, because because of uh, because of Jerry Lee dying, I am gonna play a song, but I'm not gonna play a Jerry Lee Lewis song. I am gonna play a song by Mattoon's finest, The Digits. I guess Sullivan slash Mattoon slash Champagne slash Chicago um, slash Chicken Shed. Yeah, uh, Digits. Say what you will about Rick Sims, he never married his 13 year old cousin. Uh, who knows? It's true. It was also in, legal. In Sullivan, it, was also it might be legal. fine. It was also legal in Central Illinois in the late eighties. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, and, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, yep, this is the digits with uh, the song Jerry Lee. So uh, take it away, Rick. Digits there with Jerry Lee off their first album, I believe uh, that one was. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he died. And then yeah. a couple days later, most shockingly, um, 
the one of the drummers from the Dead Kennedys died, right? Really, the drummers of the Dead Kennedys. He was only not on the first record. He was definitely the one you associate with the Dead Kennedys. Right. He was. Yeah, I tell you the truth. That before you said that, I didn't really know that he wasn't on the first album. So. He played on so many good Dead Kennedys albums that you can actually forgive him for being the Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer briefly in the late '80s. Oh no, nothing will forgive that. Yes, and, but he never he never made a record with him. What was that? What was that famous quote I saw last week? Uh, from um, oh Jesus Christ, why am I fucking blank? It was like Nick this? Cave or something. Nick Cave, yeah. Yeah, said, I don't know if that's said, real or whenever not. Whenever so. whenever a shitty song comes on the radio, and I ask who is this, the answer is always the <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love that. That's a great. They're, they're pretty. They're pretty bad, man. Yeah, they're still and that. they keep making songs. They keep playing them on the radio. Anyway, yeah, famous for no reason, really. Yeah. So yeah, so DH Pelegro is the other one who died. Yep. Which, man, I, 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 he was so seemed like he was in such good health. Now I guess he cracked his. He was in the bathroom and. Like cracked his head or something and died. That's what I read. Yeah, man. It what must a have bizarre been, thing. Yeah, huh? I mean, all I can imagine. I don't know any of the details, but I'd imagine to do that, he'd have to have lived alone. I would guess. And fell well, and you think it had to be out of the shower or something, right? I mean, how do you do that? Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, it's I, like the Bob Saget thing, right? Yeah. I, so that's what I'm saying. I guess he must have been alone because otherwise, someone would have come to his aid and. He would have been saved, I assume. Yeah, right? I, so. I, I, have, I have no idea. Unless he it, fell on the edge of something, hit his head on the edge of something, and fuck, I, bang. I don't know. I mean, I, once again, I'm not saying it was anything un, untoward. I mean, listen, things things happen, but... Are you saying Jello was involved? Is that what you're saying? <sighs> I don't know. You know, Jello <laughs> did a... Jello wrote a thing about it. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see Jello's statement? I did not. I try and avoid things from Jello. Because I think... Okay, so Jello's statement was really all about Jello. Yeah, no the guy shit. really is a rat prick, man. I mean, it was. If you really cared about the guy, maybe you would have gave him his fair compensation for the records you made together, instead of you know giving him lip service after he's dead. But it was anyway. That was annoying. If you see it, I mean, it was it was there was parts of it that were pretty heartfelt, but it was definitely as much about Jello as it was about his dead friend. Huh. Um, but I told I told the story, and I, I think I'm pretty sure I told it in the podcast before, but I'll tell it again since since it's fitting because. DH is dead, I guess, allegedly. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, Neil, I don't know if we knew each other yet, but but we weren't hanging out or anything. Scott and I went to beautiful Joliet, Illinois, to see a show. There's a club out there called The Forge. Yeah, there is. And the Digits have a song about Joliet, too. Do they? Yeah, they It's do. like the prison. It's like where all the prisons are, right? Yep, it is. Yes, it's a fucking horrible, uh, it's probably, horrible place. It's probably like an hour out of Chicago, right? Or something like that? Uh, a little bit further, but yeah. Okay. Well, once again, we, we go... So there's a place called The Forge. It's mostly like have like Soulfly and like Morbid Angel shows. It's mostly heavy metal shows. Yep. But once in a while, they have a punk show or some odd show. So for whatever reason, they booked the Dead Kennedys and TSOL were touring together. And they booked that out there. And the Bow Weevils came out and played, too. Oh, nice. It's kind of charming, actually, because the Bow Weevils were playing. And, like, Daryl must have had, like, his mom there or maybe even his grandmother or some. There was, like, all these kind of old black ladies, like, watching the Bow Weevils play. It was kind of funny, oh, actually. Cute. Yeah. yeah. That, um, but anyway, so we went out to this show. And it's, it's once again, it's not Chicago. I get it. But it's cheap. Like, our hotel was probably, like, 100 bucks, you know. And it was easy. We just Ubered, and you know, it's just it's easy to go to the suburbs. Just yeah, like yeah. the just like we the other day we went to Lombard. It's just easy, right? Well, Joliet's Joliet's not a suburb. I mean, that's its own. 
It's own it's its own prison industrial complex. Exactly, exactly, yes. But this is a big metal bar, probably held a big metal club, probably held at least a thousand people, I assume. And there was a good crowd there too. But and of course, you know, Scott and I got checked into the hotel and just started drinking pretty much immediately. Uh in Joliet, which was not a happening downtown, I must say. Um but we're at the hotel and these three punk rocker looking dudes walk in. So um we're just standing there by the counter. They're standing like, hey, I'm like, hey, how you guys doing here for the show? Oh, yeah, we're here for the show. Oh, cool. He's like, where are you guys coming from? I'm like, oh, St. Louis. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's where they played last night. And I'm like, just having this conversation with these guys. And one of them was a black guy, right? So it should have been probably a dead giveaway. But <laughs> it turns out I was talking to DH, and I finally figured it out. I felt like a real jackass. But he looked so young. He seriously, he, he looked like he was 40 years old. I would have never guessed that he was D.H. Pelegro. Hmm. So I talked to him, and he, and he was he was a super nice guy. We laughed about it, you know. I'm sure it wasn't Daryl? Well, that's the <laughs> thing. Both of played, too. Like, when's the last time you saw a punk show with two black guys? That, right. I'll tell you when. That show I saw in, in Austin's very integrated scene. Okay. There must have been, like, five black people at that show. Okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a lot, right? Not in the bands, though, right? It was two in the bands. Okay. One of them was a drummer, and one was a singer. So but no, it's, it's just, just it's just like ball weevils and dead Kennedys. Well, but it's just unusual. Yeah. Even in Chicago, you'll see a couple, right? But that's about it. In the metal scene here in GR, there's one black guy that I know pretty well. He comes to everything. He's like a he's like Grandpa's number one headbanger. Who's that? And, uh, but once again, I'm not making any kind of a judgment. It's got to be pretty oh, of course. difficult oh, of course. to, be, yeah, the, yeah. to yeah. be the black guy. The black guy at a punk show, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be you got to be braver than most people. The rest of us. But anyway, so yeah, we I met DH and he was a real fun, real nice guy. And then later, we were Scott and I were boozing at this bar. We met this guy and we're drinking like crazy. And DH comes in to get some food. Hmm. So by this time, I'm you know I go talk to him again, but I've been boozing quite a bit. And the owner of the place, I told the owner of the place who he was, and he was a big fan of the band and gave him his food. And then DH put him on the guest list, bastard. We had to pay. <laughs> And then I ran into him again later at some point, but it, I just kept running into him. But I was getting progressively drunker. And I tried <laughs> it. It's like you're you fucking stalking the guy. Well, it's funny. I offered to buy him a beer, right? But I, I didn't realize until I read his book that he was like a terrible like drug addict, you know, and he's sober now for many years. But at the end of the night, I'm just ripped. But what are they selling in the merch booth, you know? A D.H. Pellegro autobiography. Okay. It's called Dreadnought, something about Afropunk something, something. And it's, got, it's, it's his life story. And so I get up there to have him sign it, and he signs it. I put a picture of it on our Facebook page group. I said, to my stalker, Tom, or to Tom, my stalker, D.H. Pellegro. So that was my moment with D.H. Pellegro. He probably thought I was a drunken a-hole, but it was, it was cool. Now that autograph is worth 10 well, times what than, it was worth before, right? I guess if I find someone named Tom who's a big – Dead Kennedy's fan. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that'll matter. That's the but, problem with getting things personalized, right? Yeah, that was like that Morrissey album I saw at the place in wherever that in Lombard or whatever. Remember, we saw yeah. that signed Morrissey album, but it was signed to Tony with an I, I believe. Yeah. Well, you've been putting pictures of all the stuff you got recently, and one of them was that Trash Brat single. Yes, sir. Did you Mark. see that Ricky? Yeah. Ricky coming on. He's like, he's like, see, you got Mark's copy. <laughs> yeah. Whoever the hell Mark is, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, oh, do you want to play? Uh, did you ever? So, did you ever see the Dead Kennedys like 
You didn't see him back in the day, did you? I did not, no. The, um, did you ever see the reconstituted version? I've got no interest in seeing that, no. You know what? What? You know, it, it's not that bad. I, I, I mostly enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what. I've seen the Dead Kennedys a couple times, and I've seen Jello a couple times. I would take the Dead Kennedys karaoke over Jello any day of the week. Oh, I can believe that, yeah. Yeah, I can. Um, And it's... <laughs> That's just like, that, dude, that, that, that's an exact correlation is I would go and see From the Jam a million times more than I would go Crazy see Paul Weller do his fucking nonsense for two hours with a flute player. Fuck that <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> the funny thing is, obviously, Jell only plays a couple Dead Kennedy songs. Right. And gives you a lot of lectures in between. And the, the, the thing is, the Guantanamo, ba- the Guantanamo School of Medicine songs, his new band, they're too long. They're just not, they just don't have that much edge to them. Um, but... Uh, the Dead Kennedys, you know, it's funny. You watch the three guys, East Bay Ray, Klaus Floride, and D.H. Pellegro at the time, and they still seem to be getting having a good time doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They got I mean, the guy, they kind of do like the Dead Boys thing where the guy singing is kind of like doing a Jello Biafra thing, you yeah, know? Yeah. Minus the, you know, lectures about voting for Ralph Nader or whatever. And a stupid glove, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they're fun to go see. I mean, I don't know. Now I feel kind of bad without D.H. I don't know. Let's say I can go find like. Ted, the original guy who played on the first album. No, they'll just do like everybody, the other band does. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. We'll we'll get onto that. But um, yeah, so you're going to play a DK song? I do. Okay, I will. So, but you 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 never saw Jello solo? You never saw any of them? I never. No, I got no interest in seeing. It's funny, man. No, I got no. I wish I had seen the DKs back when they first toured England. In of course. Like, um, eighty one, but was it eighty eighty one? When well, you uh, been very very young though. Yeah, I I can remember them playing at Eric's. I can remember them playing actually because I remember I was listening to John Peel and he was talking about them touring. Um, and we should go and see this new American band. Uh, and I got very offended. I was like, we we started punk rock because I was sixteen years old, right? I didn't know anything. Um, well, you. It's funny because they were they played to like eighty five eighty six. I mean, there was definitely it seemed like you might have had a chance to catch them at some point. But. I was gone. Remember, I went back to England um, eighty four through eighty five, mm. and I know that my buddy Tom saw them in Chicago at okay. that time with uh, yeah with Jello and stuff like that. So Jello seems to have a Jello seems to have a real influence on him. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. It, uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> another time, another time. Uh, but yeah, I never did. So, uh, so yeah, I guess. All right. A well, I, I, this this song was appropriate two days ago, but now it's not anyway. But I, I think it's a good song because, like I said, he did not play on the first album. I see a lot of people doing tributes and playing songs in the first album. So you're really pissing on the dead. Well, it's probably no? everybody's favorite album, you know. Yeah, no, it's true. It is a great album. I mean, he yeah. played those songs live 5,000 times, obviously. Right. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I'm going to play. This is Halloween. This is from the, this is from, is it from Plastic Surgery Disasters? Well, I can't remember. But anyway, this is Dead Kennedy's Halloween.
Kennedy's there with Halloween. Don't sue us, please. Um, Jello, you sanctimonious twat. Listen, he lost the last time he sued somebody. Yeah, yeah. He got sued. I don't yeah. know. He's just a bore. I mean, you've seen him. I've seen him doing things with Narduar, you know, that um, Canadian, weird Canadian dude. Yeah. Um, we are talking about record collecting. And, it, I mean, someone like that should be interesting, but he's such an incredible bore. You he's know, a was, big record collector, too. I mean, he loves all that weird, like, Funk, crazy old gospel stuff and all kinds of he yeah it should be interesting right, yeah anything though. unusual he likes like even like you know records that were put out by corporations and stuff you know or it just he's got all it but he talks about that he's just so dull in that monotonous voice you know imagine um, <laughs> i being on a plane imagine if you're on a plane and he was sitting next to you for six hours <laughs> well did you ever see that that hard times article it's like 
a first-class traveler treated to three-hour Jell-O Biafra spoken word concerts. Oh, my God. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's from their second. That song was from their second, Dead Kennedy's second album, Plastic Surgery Disasters, I thought so. Yeah, it's funny. When I, when that came out, I mean, I loved the first album. I loved the first, I got all the early singles. The first four singles off the first album were all fantastic. First album, loved it. And that second one came out. And uh, I didn't really know what to think of it because at that point I didn't really know much about American hardcore and stuff. And that was one of the first super fast fucking records, right? Yeah, it definitely lost a lot of the surf vibe from the yeah. first record. Yep. Yeah. All their records the mel- were sort a lot of the melody. Of diff- yeah. All their records were sort of different. Frank and Christ was different too. They were all. Yeah. They all had their charms. I think Frank and Christ is probably the hardest one to listen to. But uh, yeah. What was the fourth one? Well, it's Frank and Cries. Bedtime for Democracy. Bedtime for Democracy. Bedtime for Democracy. I like that one quite a bit, I had that on cassette. I went out and ran ran out and got it in Champagne when it first came out. There you go. I had it on cassette. Yeah. Didn't like it very much. Hmm. Yeah. So what's on what's on your mind, pal? You had a couple of things you said you wanted to talk about, or you want to talk about Blink One Eighty Two? No, no, that's you. Blink One Eighty Two is all you. First of all, I want to say talking about Halloween. If I see any more of those fucking Halloween memes, my head is gonna fucking. Explode. I don't know why you're getting so angry about those. I think they're kind of funny. Dude, you missed Facebook. You you were in Austin. You missed no, Facebook. No, I, I've been seeing them. Some, a guy I work with sent me one. It was like aging headbanger. It was like camouflage shorts, long beard. There's like, been a, there's been a million. I mean, every stupid fucking little thing has been a. But stupid... it's like just this year. I mean, I've never seen right. it before. I mean, and, it's, it's, and the annoying thing it, is, I think I think one of them hurts you. Touch me on the doll where the where the meme hurts. You know? <laughs> the annoying thing is, it's like aging punk rocker deals like super angry. It's <laughs> post Halloween and they're still going on. Well, you know what annoys me about it? It's like, all right, so you're making fun of this, saying it's a costume. What do you fucking wear? I don't dress up. I'm an adult. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about you. you yeah, you do because you fit into one of those spirit memes. That's true. I got the bald <laughs> head. I got the camouflage shorts. So my point is, the person making that meme, what what are the, what are they doing? That's so outrageous that we. Well, should, a lot of more people do. making fun of themselves, even. Are they okay? Well, anyway, I, I, the first one was funny. I've seen like two. I thought maybe that was slightly uh, amusing, and the rest of them have just been lame as fuck. And please stop. <laughs> and even well, though it's post Halloween, they're still going on. I saw like it's... three today. It's November second right now. Yes, so they can go away. Yes. But that being said, I, 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 we, we are not in agreement on this. I thought most of them were pretty funny, but there must be some kind of a template where you can make your own because a few of them were stupid, you know. But Indeed. some of them I saw were brutal, like too brutal to share on this podcast. But I laughed hard. Um. And, oh yeah, and I, you know it ties into something else. I got into it with somebody. I've got into it with a few people this this week on Facebook. There you go, Neil. Um, Using your time wisely, arguing with people online again. Well, no, someone went to see someone. It was in the Punks Not Dead forum, um, uh, and they went to see the Damned, that Damned uh, original lineup. Mm-hmm. And TV Smith was warming up, and this person said, "Oh, TV Smith was embarrassing. He was still dressing like it was 1977 instead of dressing like a grown up." And I was like, what the What do you want him to wear, a suit? That's exactly what I said. I said, what the fuck do you mean by that? The whole point of this is supposed to be we dress how we want. We dress to shock. We do whatever we want. What does what does dress like a grown-up mean? And uh, and then I started saying those memes, so that probably got me even angrier. That's probably where that a lot of that came from. Well, I, I you know, it's funny because I've listened. To, I, this week, I'm like, I'm going to listen to, like, 
some of the seminal like uh, UK punk records that I only vaguely know. And one of them I listened to was Crossing the Red Sea with the Adverts. And it really is a great. It's a fantastic record. They just put out like a new double LP version of it. It doesn't have the same cover. It's got like a picture of TV Smith wearing like a, maybe like a black shirt, a red tie. Hmm. You seen okay. this? No, I haven't I don't seen know if that's that. one of the photos from the inside cover. But... So I really like that one. And the other one I listened to was The Ruts. Um, oh, The Crack. The crack, I man, only about half of that I really like. Hmm. Okay, much, yeah. Well, they, yeah, reggae. they do some I'm of that not, reggae stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge day. reggae fan. Yeah, it's funny because Neil Neil generously you gave me that single, which I which was a lot of fun. The A side was great, but the B side was like a five and a half minute awful reggae song. <laughs> it was the Ruts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that was them. Yeah, yeah, but, from Southall. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate it nonetheless. The A side is solid. Um. So what else did I want to... Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this came up uh, for me thinking about the Dead Boys and Black Flag. And actually, I texted you about it a little bit. Was okay. It's funny. I, I Black Flag are touring, and they get a lot of crap for that, right? But yeah. no one's ever, like, given Greg Ginn really any hassle that he shouldn't be touring using the Black Flag name, right? I mean, everyone... I, I, everyone I, I don't know where you're coming from with that. I think he gets... I think he gets at least as much gruff as Cheetah, if not more. No, he gets gruff because he's an asshole. He doesn't get gruff for using the Black Flag name. Well, maybe he'll actually finish the tour, Neil. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, that, whereas where, my, my point being, Instead Cheetah... Instead of disappointing everybody. Cheetah gets all kinds of shit from using the Dead Boy's name. And, it, you know, he's got ex-bandmates suing him. He's got, you know, this, that, and the other, right? Yeah, yeah he lost the... He, it appears that he doesn't have much right to the name, right? Right. And, you know, and, the, and the, my point being that, well, you know, he I mean, just like Greg Ginn wrote most of the good Black Flag songs, um, Cheetah Chrome wrote almost all the good Dead Boy songs. So well, Greg Ginn was, he was unquestionably always the leader of that band. I don't know that, like, when Stiv is alive and Jimmy Jimmy Zero and all that, I don't know that Cheetah was the, maybe he was, maybe he was the leader of the band, I don't know. Well, Cheetah, I mean, Cheetah wrote the songs in Rocket from the Tombs, a lot of the good ones, a lot of the ones that we know from the first album. He wrote those mm. in 74, and Johnny Blitz was with him then, so those two were, like, the original members of the goddamn band. Stiv mm. came in later with Frankenstein, and then you know they became the Dead Boys shortly later. But Stiv is known as the as the leader of the band, but he really wasn't. So anyway, I just found that funny. But um, I don't I don't think that I, I don't know. I think the I, I think you're underestimating the amount of people that are looking down on Greg Ginn for dragging out the Black Flag name again. Well, but. like like I say, I think Greg Ginn gets a lot of shit just for being an asshole. But I don't think anyone questions his right to use that name. No, but I think it's. He's never really stopped using it. No, he hasn't. Well, you know plus, how long? I mean, there's some major gaps in the Dead Boys' career, obviously. Well, they never put out another record. I mean, that was the point. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, I guess, the, I, it turns out Black Flag never should have either. That's well, you know, I I don't think I ever even heard that one they put out. Like it was it was fine. ten years it was, ago, right? Had a couple decent songs on it, but if if you if it wasn't given to the Black Flag, like that, nobody would have listened to it. Yeah, it was super long as well. I think it had like twenty four songs on it or something ridiculous. Well, I'd like give my money's worth. So I'm <laughs> Nah. See, no. we dip, we differ there for sure. Half Dutch. Um, so another funny thing about that is um, the difference between maybe like I don't. I've had all this stuff floating in my head because I listened to that new Buzzcocks record, and yeah. it is. I'll be honest, it's dreadful. It, it's wait. I see. I see old people on our old man punk forum just saying, "Oh, I can't believe how much I like this." It's terrible. It is okay. There's two good songs on it, which are the two that he released early, and the rest of it sounds like. Uh, and it, 
you know what it is if they hadn't put it under the buzzcocks name maybe it wouldn't maybe it wouldn't sit so badly with me but you'd um, have never listened to it so, huh but that's but you would have never listened to it either. Well, not exactly true because Steve Diggle, after the Buzzcocks split the first time in 80, 81 or whatever it was, um, Steve Diggle did another band. Like Pete Shelley did his Homo Sapien thing, right? His electro disco thing. Wow, and, that sounds amazing. And, I never listened to that. Oh, you've heard the song Homo Sapien. You must have done. I, I don't you know. Absolutely I, I guess, must have done. I don't think I ever went to the same bathhouses as you, buddy. <laughs> it was I don't remember MTV, that at all. It was on MTV constantly. So really? You, you must have heard that song. I think yeah. that was at You'll the, know the gay bathhouses that Jeffrey Dahmer used to go to. <laughs> I'm sure it was played there because that's great. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that one at all, man. Um, but anyway. Maybe I do. I'll, I'll look it up when we're done. Steve Diggle my, had a... My dog is just pacing. I think she's really trying to... Do you, want to look at, do you want to go let her out? I might have to give her a break. No, keep going with your... Uh, right. we'll, when we do a song break, I'll let her out. Steve Diggle had a band called uh, Flag of Convenience. Anyway. That sounds, see, now that sounds vaguely familiar, but... And uh, and that's what this new Buzzcocks record is. It is purely his songs. And, you know, the later Buzzcocks albums, you know, because they did. They put out a lot of albums in the last in the last 20 years. Yeah. Some were um, nice. That was pretty good. Some, some, were, some were good, yeah. And it was the majority of Pete Shelley songs, and Diggle would have like one out of every three songs would be one of his, which is fine. But a whole album of his stuff, and most of it is middle of the road. Like one song sounds like the Moody Blues, for God's sakes. Um, it's all like, all <laughs> and like, not the cool, not the cool like Dickies doing Moody Blues, right? like actual Moody Blues. Actual, actual Moody Blues from the 80s or something. Um, or... It sounds like, you know, the Gallagher's from Oasis. It sounds like if the older uncle decided he wanted to be in a band. Because <laughs> uh, he's got the but, Manchester accent and it's really thick. And it's just not It's just not good. It's just not good at all. Um, uh, but but anyway, so the question is, should he have used, should he keep using that name? Because it's not a Buzzcocks album. It's, but uh, then, it, it, I, I understand his situation because the name sells. I mean, it doesn't sell a lot, but it sells more than... A solo album. So, who are the other two guys in the band? Is there any sort of like, are they? They're not like OGs, are they? None of them are OGs. Well, and and that's another interesting thing, right? Um, I think they've both been in the band like five to ten years. Oh, that's all. Um, but Newbies. the guys, the guys before that, the guys that after the band reformed in '89 and wrote recorded all those albums, like all set and modern and stuff like that. The bass player and the drummer. We're in the band for like twenty five years, mm. and uh, and it's 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 so funny to me that people say, oh, it was the new bass player or the new drummer or whatever, and it's like, well, not really, you know. That original band was together for two years, and these guys were together for twenty five years, <laughs> so that, I guess they have every right to, you know, be thought that, of as that is a weird cuts. phenomenon, man, right? because it's like because you always have most every band in your head you have what you call a classic lineup. Right. But a lot of them split up in like 1983 and then they got back together in 1995 and they've had the same lineup ever since. But it'll still never be the classic lineup, right? Right. So but so the thing, I mean, like people still think Howard DeVoto for the Buzzcocks, right? He was he was in the band for like six months. He was like the first single, right? He was the first singer, yeah. Then he went left to form Magazine. And no, but I mean like the first single was him. Or the, did the they first, never yeah, Spiral him? Scratch, the first EP was okay. him. And that was it. That Which was you all, love, right? That, yeah, what's one of the best things ever, but um, I don't know if I know that that stuff actually. You know, you know, you know, boredom. You know, Brent oh, was that him? Okay, yeah, that was him. And you know, and it was on the, uh, you know, there was a demos bootleg that was that was put out. Um, but yeah, he was with the band for like nine months tops, and he played like seven gigs, 
and yet people mm. still think of him as being more original than these guys that were in the band for 25 years that toured all over the world and uh, recorded like six albums so it is a strange it's a strange you can't win, man. it's a strange thing right yeah I, I can't wait until we get to that black flag show at this half full theater in the western suburbs of chicago and i hear somebody say so is is Ron still the singing singer. for Black Flag? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and what I was going to say about that, so you said something about someone changing lyrics or something earlier. What was that about? Oh, uh, that MDC version. That MDC of, song, uh, yeah. Deep in the Heart of Texas. Yes. So um, Lydia's boyfriend, Chris, uh, saw this Black Flag. I don't know if it was the same tour that we're going to see, but he saw Black Flag play last week with Total Chaos and San Diego. Okay, so I saw that in the California dates, it was only Total Chaos. Okay, okay, And yeah. then the rest of them are jumping on for, like, the... It's really not that long of a tour, and it goes all over... Man, it plays all kinds of weird places. Right. Everywhere except for where you'd expect. <laughs> so, anyway, he said that uh, his, his Chris... Is, I mean, he's a young kid, right? He's 20, 20 years old or something. But he, he his favorite Black Flag song is TV Party. And he was pissed off because, I guess, Mike V changes all the lyrics to TV Party. Oh, it's like modern shows? Not even that, like Netflix, Hulu. Ugh. So, so be ready for that. So he, he well, I I think it's, I once again I'm just telling the same stories over and over again. But I saw the Greg Ginn Black Flag in Lansing several years ago now. I don't know, 2015 or something. I don't remember when they because they originally when they put the album out they had uh, Ron Reyes singing, mm-hmm. and they did a tour with Ron Reyes, and then. Ron Reyes and Greg Ginn had a falling out or whatever. And then he got Mike Vallely, who's always had sort of in the wings. Right. Because he's a, he was he um, used to be a Henry Rollins clone, yeah. Well, and he sang on some like live shows before he was ever in the band. Um, but it was funny. So I went with a guy who was, I mean, I was probably, you know, early mid-40s at the time. And the guy who went with me was probably 20 years younger. And he was super stoked that Mike Vallely was the singer because he knew him as a skater. As a skater, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people took skateboards to get signed and stuff by Mike V. And 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 by all I, I don't I don't think Mike's a bad guy. And he's not a bad frontman. I just right. he's just it's just yeah. it's it's a tough situation. Yeah, for sure. It's the Michael Graves thing, you know? Michael Graves thing indeed. Um you just can't you can't replace these people and there's it's it's a lose lose situation. You do the best you can. Exactly. All right, well. Um, this apropos- must be leading to a song, right? Well, not really, actually. Apropos of nothing. <laughs> um, well, you better play a song anyway. Yeah, I'm going to. So uh, you saw I posted a bunch of my records that I've got recently. Yep. Oh, yep. There's a lot, man. I got like 20. Well, um, Alan gave us a ton. Or, or I'm sorry, Dr. Disc. Yep. Our friend, man, he loaded us up. And dude, some of that stuff... I'm wondering. I'm wondering if I got if I because you know we just kind of went you know kind of went through it and just kind of I'll take this you take that you got some really nice color variants. Maybe we should trade some because there's, well, there's, there's a couple that I don't really care about that maybe you would. So maybe we I should am, trade. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I have really there's a few I haven't listened to yet, but I have really got some good. I'm I'm really happy with a lot of it. Okay, because so. I I know you were after that dictators, and I don't really care about that. And then is that a twelve inch single? It is a twelve inch single. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was the album. Okay. No, it's a twelve inch single. And I'm not then a I, big. Tw- I'm not necessarily a big twelve inch single person, but. And then I got that Necros Jelloed in Jail in red, I already have red vinyl, but on red vinyl. No, I have the black. Yeah, maybe we can trade for something. Maybe one of, you got one of the things that you don't really care about. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's that's a discussion for later day. So, um. 
and I bought a couple things too and on Netflix, on Netflix, on Discogs and stuff like that. So I'm gonna play. Um, you know what Discogs I got? Discogs party tonight. I Discogs got party tonight. I got um the degeneration. Um, oh, the double ten. Yes. Yeah, the double ten inch, and it's actually probably the best ten inch that I have. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of ten inches. You are. I don't I do. like I them love that much. Ten inch. But this is an awesome. Do you have this? Do you have this? I do not. It's I didn't a, even know it was. I didn't even know it was available as a double ten. That's so CD era, you know. It's a double ten inch, and it's it's gatefold, and it just, for some reason it just seems fabulous in that in that um, format. So I'm gonna play my favorite song from uh, from that, and this is "She Stands There" by Degeneration. there with she stands there off of uh no lunch let me go uh let me go check out my mutt okay let's take a quick break i'll be right back okay and now here's a word from our sponsor Now, on Sexy Baby Records, for the first time ever, a vinyl cassette, the Huntington's classic album, Get Lost. 
It's a jungle out there. You gotta look out for number one, but don't step at number two. And he's back. Yeah, she, uh, I don't know what her deal is. Well, she's got she the right? She changed her mind, I guess. Now she's rather lay down. So I took the opportunity to pee, because I'm also old. Yes, we, I, we actually heard that. So that will be a lovely addition to the show. <laughs> Maybe we could go. use that as a new intro. I mean, you're going to leave that whole thing in? You'll leave that whole... <laughs> I don't know. I don't me know, getting man. ice and... <laughs> I don't know. Do what you want. I don't care. Okay, so one of the other things I got um, in that record store, whatever it was called. What the hell was that record store called? Uh, Hoarder's Trading Post. Hoarder's Trading Post. I got the Sex Pistols um, Spunk album. Yes. Um, the Dave Goodman mixes. Yeah, exactly. So I've, have you ever heard that before? I haven't. I do know some people prefer it. Yeah, it is. It is. Dave in, Goodman in his autobiography talks about how it's way better than the final. Never mind the Bollocks album. It's different because it's. Uh, it obviously doesn't have as many overdubs and stuff, so it's yeah. certainly not as powerful. But it is. In, it is interesting because yeah, you can hear more of Steve's guitar licks, and also you can hear bass. You can hear Glenn playing the bass, which is nice because he can actually play the bass. So uh, you know, some little bass runs and stuff that you don't hear. That aren't apparent on uh, on bollocks. So, um, so that was a good buy. Are huh? you happy with that one? I'm I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it's. Were it's... you familiar with it before? You didn't have that before, huh? I never had it. No. Okay. So. So is it... that a bootleg or what? Is that an official well, release? It's well, it's official now, but this is something I want to talk about. So, bootleg. That word has become something different now than it was when I was growing up. Because when I was growing up, a bootleg was it could never be sold at a record store. They were all completely unofficial, and they were normally live recordings of gigs, yeah. or yep. they were demos that someone had snuck out and released an album from. And yep, one hundred percent agree. In the nineties, it was a thriving market, but that was that. Yeah, so there was some very, very in the early days of punk rock. There were some very famous ones. Uh, there was the Buzzcocks "Times Up" um, a bootleg, which was the Howard DeVoto recordings. It was basically Spiral Scratch with like six other songs and uh, that had never been heard before. So that was a huge bootleg, but you could only get it at record fairs. You couldn't get bootlegs in shops, yep. like I say, because yep. they get closed down. Um, there was a Susie and the Banshees famous bootleg because the Banshees took an awful long to get signed, uh, awful long time to get signed. I think it was like 78 by the time they got signed by Polydor and put their first album out. So they had been together since 76, obviously, but they never got a record deal. So they had a famous bootleg. And what what were some of the other ones? Uh, oh, and Spunk, obviously, by the Pistols. So because, you know, Bollocks didn't come out till late 77. Yeah. So Spunk was probably out. Those Dave Goodman uh, demos, that probably came out like early 77. So for a while, that was the only way that you could hear a lot of those early Pistols songs was uh, at record fairs. And those would be expensive, too. Cause, yeah, I remember like $30 CD, live CD bootlegs. Yeah, these records would be like 20, 20 pounds in a time when albums were three pounds, yeah. you know, official albums. So this was a big deal, but you really felt like you were doing something if you had some of those early, early bootlegs. But now bootlegs, all it means is that, you know, there's an album that hasn't been released, re-released or whatever, and someone's just made a copy of it, right? That's Well, it is funny because, yeah, you go into the record store now, and almost any record store, specifically like Danzig. The first four Danzig records are not in print mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and you can find bootlegs of them everywhere. You're right. And there's no like, 
they don't hide them anymore, right? It's, it is, it is weird. I and and I think really that's just changed in the last few years, hasn't it? It's tough. Yeah, it's tough to tell if something's official or if it's not official. You have no idea these days. Well, and there's labels that do bootlegs, right? And it's just like, wow, that's it's it. It really is strange. I mean, I'm I mean, the great example that you and I both have this record, and it's such a great record. It needs to be in print. Is that Necros record? The Necros record, yeah, and I actually just got Conquest those. for Death. It's such yeah. a good record. It it hasn't officially been, you know, they only made two thousand back in the day. The originals go for pretty good money. I actually just got the um those two Misfits records. Yeah, those are bootlegs. Famous or, monsters, they and, they, uh, and they don't call them they don't call them bootlegs anymore. They call them fan club press, fan club think, editions or something. I yeah, think most yeah. of them come from a lot of them come from Russia. I think I think a lot of them come from less regulated. Countries, yeah, yeah, where they can't be sued. Um, Well, it's funny. I mean, like, what? You know, there's. We all have a favorite record that's long but out of print. Why don't I just buy it on buy the high quality files on Bandcamp and just because all the Necros files are on Bandcamp. Maybe that's how they do it. I I mean, the. the, I mean, there's these Misfits ones. They don't sound bad, but it's clearly just the CD pressing pressed to vinyl. Ah. So there's a lot of the highs and lows are missing, which I don't know if they if they were ever there. I mean, it was thing is those were recorded during that digital era, yeah. Yeah. So they so this might be as good as you're gonna get. Well, that's and somebody will ask somebody the guy on the plane who was was like, tell me something. Does it really sound things really sound better on vinyl, or is that just a hipster thing? And I said, honestly, it really depends because the '90s stuff that was recorded digitally, it needs to be treated really special to sound good on vinyl. Now, the stuff in the 80s and 70s that was recorded analog, it sounds way better on vinyl if it's a decent press. If they can, yeah, if they can get you the, can hear if, more, if it's the original or if they can get the analog tapes and re-record. The Misfits yeah. are one of the best examples of that. The Misfits CDs are just, I mean, they're fine. But when you listen to the record, you hear the, you can hear the individual guitar parts and stuff way, way better than on the CD. You hear a lot of stuff going on that you probably never noticed. Interesting, yeah. It's funny. The Smiths are actually like that, too. I know probably not a lot of Smiths fans mm. here, but I have all the Smith singles. The Smith singles sound so much better on vinyl than the any other like re-recordings on CD or repressings mm. on CD. It's like it's like night and day, actually. All that, um, all that like Black Flag, Who's Could Do, all the SST stuff, the CDs are all not good. Hmm. Interesting. The vinyl is way better. Yeah. So... 80s punk stuff, yeah, definitely for the most part. Not, I'm not saying everything, but most of it sounds does sound significantly different on vinyl. So, so, so where I was leading to was with that whole pistols thing. Was yep. uh, I'm going to play? What's the song. what's the official label on that? Uh, it's been re- it's been re released so hundreds of many times. Well, what's the one you got? Punk? Your press you got? Uh, hold on a second, I forget. Do 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 discogs to the rescue because I just put I just put it in. I love that when I put my bootlegs in discs, guys are like, you can't buy or sell this. We'll let you put it in your collection, but you can't buy or sell it. Well, that, that's right. So Spunk must be official by now then because no one owns the right to it because it's... Um, well, of course, Dave Goodman's dead. Yeah. Did it, originally, it was on blank in early 1977. That okay, was the, that was a decent label. I mean, was, I don't know if... Was, no, I think this is a different blank. This looks like oh, it was okay. just purely a bootleg, <laughs> a bootleg piece of shit. Uh, mine is on uh, Sanctuary from Europe. Oh, that's a from real 20, label. From 2015. Yeah, that's, that's mostly a metal label, but they did, like, some Motorhead albums and stuff there. Yeah, I have a feeling this was just... Like I said, it's just been out there for so long. That, I mean, it's been, what, 23, 45 years? How long... Until something goes yeah. in the public domain, I don't know. 
Uh, longer than that, I think. But well, it must be. But if nobody's though. there to if nobody's there to argue about it, right? Exactly. So anyway, actually, I'm going to play a song by it now. One of the most interesting thing is because these songs were recorded before bollocks, they didn't have their official titles. So all the songs are named something different. Like Satellite is called Suburban Kid, for example. Yep, yep. And um, I am going to play... Of course, that wasn't on. That wasn't on. It was a B-side. Yeah, it was a B-side. So I'm going to play Just Me, which is actually I Want to Be Me, which was the B-side to... Another B-side. to Anarchy or God Save, whatever. Um, Anyway, so here it is, Sex Pistols, Just Me. rock music I've been reading about. You know those sex pistols? They spit on their audience. Ah, that's terrible. 
Yeah, that's what I want to do. Spend my hard-earned money to be spit on. Now that's entertainment. Oh, come on, Dad. Every generation is afraid of the music that comes from the next. Well, I'm sure your parents hated Elvis. Elvis didn't expectorate on his fans. No, but he died on the toilet. Well, that's paradise compared to where those sex pistols are going to end up. There you go, Sex Pistols with just me, and you'll probably, you know, you realize that that's certainly not as overdubbed and stuff as, uh, well, mm. like, like you say, that was non-bollocks, so never mind. Well, I, I, w I wish there was, like, a really good collection of all those B-sides, because I, I don't really have all that stuff. I think there's been, like, a, to tell you the truth, I think there's been, like, a thousand over the years. Well, how about, like, <laughs> one good one? I think, I because they, they put out that new double one to go with the Pistol miniseries, but I yeah. think it sold out real quick. Yeah, I have a I have a bunch of stuff on CD. I have a couple live shows. I have I have some stuff, but I think pretty much every Pistol show must now be on uh, must have been released in one form or another because there are so many Pistols live albums and bootlegs and stuff. Most of them don't sound that good, but they don't. They don't. Um, but talking about the Pistols, did you happen to see there was? Um, You've heard of Sotheby's, the auction house in London, right? The famous yep. big yep. auction house? Sure. They had a auction of Sex Pistols memorabilia in late October. Did you happen to see this? I did not. Okay. Some of these prices are astronomical. Um, let's see. Johnny Rotten's handwritten lyrics for Holidays in the Sun. How much would you say that would have gone for? Well, Ben Weasel is doing it for one hundred ten dollars. Well, no, this is the original. This is John Brown's like... more famous, so I'll say two hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> These are the original lyrics <laughs> he wrote for "Holidays in the Sun." Uh, Fifty thousand pounds. Oh, that's so. so that's what are we a, talking there? Well, that's a one of a kind artifact. Uh, art, yep. art of facts. Six, Sixty thousand bucks, I guess we're talking about right there, right? Uh, let's see. And never mind the bollocks promotional poster owned by Sid Vicious. Thirty-three thousand mm. pounds. See now that you could probably buy in the open market for five hundred bucks, but because it was owned by Sid, right? Right, exactly. How do they know that though? I guess it's been prov it's been providence being passed down from him. Does that was blood on it from Kim to like Debbie Juvenile or one of the other pistols. It's got cat blood. It's got cat blood on. <laughs> oh, it. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't like that. Um, Johnny Rotten, the hand uh, lyrics to No Feelings, 44,000. Wow. Uh, even flyers, like for some of those early gigs at the 100 Club and Screen on the Green. Um, original handbill, what we call a flyer, for the Screen sure. on the Green gig, 3,000 pounds. So who's is this? Is this some of Johnny Rotten stuff, or is this just all fans? I mean, who's this, the money this, for this? The, the handbills are from Jamie Reed, who was the artist who originally did a lot of that artwork for mm. them. He did the pistols okay. artwork and all of those early flyers and stuff. Um, this one amazed me. Uh, where is it? Where am I seeing it? There was something from uh, Malcolm McLaren. His handwritten statement uh, about the pistols. Hold on a second. Which all it says is. It's handwritten by him, but it says the sex pistols are like some contagious disease, untouchable. I keep walking in and out of offices, being given checks. When I'm older and people ask me what I used to do for a living, I shall have to say, I went in and out of doors getting paid for it. It's crazy. Malcolm McLaren. So that's hmm. handwritten. Guess how much that went for? I don't know. 20 grand. 11,500. 11 hmm. I mean, it's crazy. They even had like a... Um, you know, sex the store like the business card. I think that went for like two thousand. I mean, it, it's, mm. fucking, it's fucking nuts, man. It re I mean, it really is. But anyway, 
It's too much money floating around. I, I mean, it, you know, it is it is collectible because the stuff that was then was I mean, it was pretty much all one offs and you know. Sure. But still, that's a that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. I mean, what do you do with that? You frame the business card. I mean, you I frame you frame it and put it on the wall. I guess then you'll see it. In Punk, is... And Punk's not dead. You'll see it. In well, <laughs> six it's, months. It's, it's funny because the new trend, and I was just joking about it. I see Kevin Seconds doing this. I see Ben Weasel doing it. I see. Um, I can't remember. There's a handful of guys doing it. Who oh, handwriting will, lyrics for you. Handwriting lyrics for you. They'll customize it. Yep. You know, you can get it made out to your friend Mark. I think Charlie you know, Harper was one of the first ones to do it, and they're super cool. And I, I, I but I, I just, I don't think I need that. Yeah, and Ian McCullough. It'd be a great one of a kind man, gift. Yeah, It'd be yeah, a great one sure. of a kind gift for a, you know somebody. Yeah, but I don't know. How do you even know it's handwritten? You know well, I mean, mean? how how do you know it's not some low paid temp doing it for? Well, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Unless Keith there's a Morris picture of him doing it or something. But. Keith Morris is not writing out his own lyrics. <laughs> Forget to remember what the hell they are. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that is that is an interesting thing. But I guess, you know, you can't, you know, artists, they want to make money. It's fine. They can well, retire, it's just, right? it's such desperate times. They just need to make a living. Right. I don't right. begrudge them. No, not at all. And I don't even think, you know, like I said, Ben Weasels are $110. I don't think that's a terrible price for a one-of-a-kind item. Well, it's not one-of-a-kind because he's probably doing thousands of them well no he's he does they do pretty limited amount these guys don't want to sit there all freaking day you know hmm. well, what, but, else uh, well, what, what else is he doing i don't know i don't know what anybody's doing <laughs> just getting angry yelling at people like me <laughs> pretty much arguing with people online <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um oh what was the other thing i was arguing with someone about oh jesus christ it was you saw that thing about patty smith right about patty smith the uh the online things have pulled that one song Oh, I'm a rock and roll nigger. Yeah. yeah, they won't they won't play that song. And so I got into an argument with some young fucking woke guy who called me a bigot because I thought it was because I thought it was it was stupid that they would, well, they would pull that because it's. I mean, if you listen to the song, it was clearly using the term is as just sort of an underclass person. More, it wasn't a racial term as much as like an underclass term. Indeed, and that's what I said to the guy. I said, "You've never even heard the song, have you? You've no idea what the context is. You've no idea anything words about are, the song. Words are violence, Neil." Oh, yeah, says and says people who have never been punched in the face. Because I've been punched in the face and I've been called an asshole. And let me tell you, one's violence and one isn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Yes, I know. Easy for me to say. I'm a big white guy. I've done my share of face punching, but <laughs> anyway, you heard it here first. You yes, folks. Tom's yes. done his face his share of face punching. Talking about face punching. Yes. Um, when I went, I don't got, know where you're going with this, but that's I, all right. I got some. Uh, I got some more tattoos. I went to see my tattoo artist recently. Yes. And um, he used to be a skinhead in Chicago in the late early, late eighties, early nineties, okay. when it was very segmented and very violent in okay. Chicago. And anyway, he turned me on to some new oi bands. And nice. um so, so some, not Nazi not Nazi are they? Some a little dodgy, <laughs> some not so much. Uh but um one I absolutely love is a band from Czechoslovakia, even though they must have ties to Chicago, because they have some mentions of Chicago in some of their songs. Wow. But the band is called Haymaker. Do you know Haymaker? I don't. They're I'm really good, I guess. They're really, really good. Um anyway, I'm gonna play a song by them. 
So um, this is Haymaker with the song First to Die. And this is a band that's still going, obviously. But uh, but yeah, even though they're from Czechoslovakia, I think. Or was it Czech Republic? Whatever the fuck you say these days. Well, days. it used to be Czechoslovakia, now it's Czech Republic, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway. Former this... Soviet bloc country. Yeah, ho- hopefully they don't go back to that, right? There wasn't a, t- wasn't a talk of nuclear war today that I saw. I don't know. Yeah. The world's going to hell. But anyway, yes. this is our true skinhead oi band, uh, Haymaker with First to Die. Haymaker with first to die. So tell me, Neil, where are we sitting for songs right now? Do you have one left? Uh, I no, I'm done. You've just okay. got you've just got one left. That's good because three in a row. man, this was a quick. I mean, we've been talking for about an hour and a half, minus my uh, 
run to let my dog out who decided she didn't want to go out anymore. But but I know yeah I know we had to kind of make it quick because you have to go and pick up your kid right. Yeah, well, quick. I mean, still it'll be two hours by the time we get our music in there, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps so. So, yeah. Um, I know we've been yeah. all over the place, but we haven't talked in a while, so I had a no, lot of things built haven't. up. And it's so weird. I don't know what it is. You know, it's funny. We're at 200 episodes, and I do feel like there was a point where we just felt like we really had to push ourselves. It was like we were going to outwork everybody else. Like, we, we're not the most famous guys. You know, it's hard to compete. A lot of these podcasts or musicians or other guys that we were going to outwork everyone but i feel like we've put our work in enough now that we can sort of you know i think that one a week pace is probably okay even though like watch next week we'll probably record like three episodes uh yeah i got it because it depends on guests obviously right if, if, yeah. our, if our guests have, especially if they're from another country if our guests have a specific time constraint that yeah. we have to do what they want to do and, it might and we be have we have like week. we have like three or four in the bullpen right now and i'm sure yeah they probably want to do the same day um, and some of it, it's going to be a little interesting because like one of them, I, the one, and, and not to give any names, but there's one, there's an English band that Neil's working on that I don't, I have never heard a song by. And there's another one that I've been working on more Southern, a Southern American band that, uh, Neil doesn't really know very well. So it's, we have to kind of do our, have to do our, and a European one that neither of us know particularly well. So we kind of have to do our research, you know? Yeah, it's going to be interesting actually, but that's fine because sometimes you will take the lead on these and yep. some of them might take the lead on. Pretty that's up, that's I'll let you talk. Fine. I'll let you talk to your fellow countrymen. Yeah. Which is funny because he's actually one of the guys from my hometown, which I discovered, which is, oh, is that right? very fucking weird. He knows my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got, oh, is that right? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. We got some cool, we got some cool stuff coming up. No question. We're not, we're not taking the next hundred episodes lightly. Um, and, and just getting back to that, it annoy it kind of annoys me when like these guys who were in bands decide to do a podcast too. So you yeah, know, leave it for us piss. Leave us for us piss ants. They can have all their fucking friends on, great, you know. And then uh, yeah, yeah, that is kind of a, that is kind of a bear, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I saw a thing today. Um, what's that dead? What's that website? Dead what? Dead spin? Not dead spin. What the fuck? Is oh, dying scene. Dying scene. Yes, thank you. Yeah, they're back. They like crashed and they were out for several years. Their podcast is pathetic, and but they had a thing today of favorite other punk podcasts that we listen to, and it was all it was all ones that other band the band members big, do. They were all big names. Yeah, there yeah, was no. They were not plumbing the depths. I noticed that too. Well, they weren't because one of our buddies. It's actually this is a great segue, actually, Neil, because one of our buddies, Pete yeah. Vincelli, gave put us on a... there. You should check out Punk Till I Die. They got a great banner. Yeah, um, but it pisses me off because I, I, you know, I know some of those. I've listened to them before, and they're not they're even punk rock. I don't know what it is. It's just, well, some of them it's just are, them but... talking musician, talking musician shit to their friends. It's not, it's, it's not the high entertainment like listening to well, Tom go to the bathroom and let his dog out. Well, I do think that we're. <laughs> I don't think anybody is as um, wide open a format as we are. Right. And we talk old school and we talk new school. Yeah, we don't exactly. just talk one fucking thing. Well, exactly. And we we and we do talk about whatever we want. And we, um, you know, some of these shows are so regimented. Oh, this segment's about this. This segment, you know, they have like like it's almost episodic. Like a right. And, and they're much better produced. And not, and I don't mean this like because we we don't want that level of production. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we're not looking for that. We this is this is this is real. Just. Two dudes, you know, sitting around. Yes. In this case, sober dudes. At least me. I don't know about Neil. I had wine and I had a I had a beer. Yeah, like I normally do during the week. Yes, mm. 
I had wine, wine with dinner. Yeah, you know, on me. I can always have fancy. wine. My, my wife always has wine. I'm not a big wine wine drinker. I'm more of a winer than a wine drinker. Whatever, whatever someone puts in front of me. Oh. And the thing is, I'm so unsophisticated with wine. It's like I'm just as happy with the two buck chuck as I am with the. You know, I, I don't like a dry wine. No, I don't either. But you'll kind of like that with beer as well, though. I'll say. I like a sweet. I like a sweet. I like it tastes like grape juice and liquor. I like. I, you know, I like a sweet wine too. I do. It's true. What were you gonna say about beer? Oh, oh, so yeah, you'll kind of like that with beer as well, though. <laughs> but I'll drink good beer too. I'll drink bad beer. I'll drink any kind of beer. Yeah, you, you remind me of my friend Rick. It doesn't matter to him what it is as long as it's strong. That's exactly. his only. Well, that's his only thing. Uh, Rick was drinking PBR with us at the uh, Dead Boys show. So yeah, she didn't drink very much that night. He no? was, I think it was because he was doing some of the wacky tobacco in his well, room. Well, yeah, I noticed the strange odor from his hotel room, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. His eyes were a little red. Yes. Very subtle. We get to we get to his room to pick him up, and there's a towel uh, in the crack of the door. <laughs> <laughs> like like he's fucking 15. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> he's his mom. Uh, that's the best. But anyway, yeah, we get to have some other adventures here in a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to that. So are you bringing, is, are you bringing Lydia, or who's, who's going to be your guest? You got front row seats. Yeah, Lydia and Laura are both coming. Oh, they're both coming. Okay, yeah, you got both three coming. seats. She loves the Dickies. Laura loves the Dickies. Um, okay, so, so you got three. I didn't realize you had three seats. Three seats, my friend. Yeah, we got three seats in the front row. And... Well, I think, uh, like I said, I think there's going to be three of us too. I was, I was kind of hoping to get four, get a fourth. At least Scott and I are coming, but I think, I think our buddy Mark's coming too. But I got, I actually better text him tonight because From the DUIs. Yes, and I was actually going to try. I was kind of trying to talk Marvin to it. Then we'd have four. It'd be easier. We could get two rooms and. Whatever. So anyway, I don't know what we're gonna do. One of my buddies from work, Larry, just went to the Des Plaines Theater to see to see Michael Shanker group. Oh jeez. <laughs> but I tell you what, he must have had front row because the photographs were just amazing. It looked like well, he was I don't on stage think the with the place him. is big, Neil. I don't think the place is very big. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. I think it seems like it's gonna be a really nice place to tell you the truth. I think it's gonna be good. All right, I'll tell you what. I got two shows coming up only in locally here, and one of them is Corrosion Conformity, and one of them is Chromags, the Harley Chromags, who I don't think I've ever seen. If I ever saw the Chromags, um, I was it's hazy. I don't think, I, but I don't think I ever saw them. So I'm pretty excited about both those shows. But you got a bunch. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna talk the last couple of minutes. Why don't we talk about the shows you got coming up? Because I know you got some stuff coming up. You're going to Field Day, right? I've okay. So this is my next two weeks, man. It's fucking crazy. Um, you got two minutes to wrap up your next two weeks before I right. go pick up my daughter. No, got, that's right. I got the Chameleons and She Wants Revenge on Sunday. Some post-punk. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's that got, at? That's at the Metro. Okay. And Rick is going. That's on Sunday. I'm taking that's Monday cool. off. Um, I got Field Day. Well, lifestyle. Field Day the following Saturday. That's at I'm, uh, I'm Co- pretty, Cobra. I'm pretty jealous I can't go to that. I yeah. like that man a lot. And Ball Weevils are warming up. Yeah. So that'll be good. Um, the following Wednesday, I've got Suede or London Suede. They're called over here. Another post-punk band. Um, yep. I, call, I guess post-punk. Um, the next day is Black Flag. You're coming in town for. Yep. So we've got Black Flag, TSL. Two days in a row. Yep. Two days in Maybe a row. Maybe might as well take Thursday off too, huh? I am taking Thursday. I'm taking Thursday, Friday off. Nice. Yep. And then the week after that, I've got Morrissey up in Milwaukee. Oh, that's right. That's so right. So I've got so one, two, three, four, five shows in what's that like fourteen days or something like that. Yeah, it's gonna oh. be good. And I've got tickets for all of them, so they won't cost me anything. Excellent. Yep, it's free. It's free. Basically, because I bought them so long ago that they're basically free. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, about my local venue here that I'm going to these other shows. That if you stop by the bar, you can buy tickets without fees. So I love doing that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So my chromatic tickets would be like twenty bucks. You know, where just they, twenty. Where are they playing? Uh, Pyramid Scheme. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. And COC's playing the pyramid scheme too, which is surprising because they they will sell that out. I mean, they usually I think they drew like seven hundred last time they were in town. Hmm. Maybe I maybe not quite, but more than four hundred that the pyramid scheme holds. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Nuts to butts, as we say in the business. Nuts to butts. Yes, but no, so, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to both those shows, but that's probably going to be it for me locally, unless something else comes up last minute. Well, I'm seeing you next Thursday, so not next yeah. Thursday, the Thursday. I I thought about trying to catch one of the, the queers are doing a little more touring. They're playing Reggie's with Capcom Heroes, but it's a Wednesday. And I've okay, I've I've because I had tickets for when they were supposed to play in July, and then the queers dropped off. If you remember. Yep. So I've got to see if my if my tickets are still valid because if they are, I bet I you they refunded you. Uh, no, they didn't. Or you that or you're screwed because they still have the show. They still well, they still have well, yeah. So I got to see if the tickets are still good for this show. I bet you're screwed. I'm gonna guess you're screwed because the dwarves still played. Well, they did, but the queers didn't, and that's who you know was the headliner. So yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see. Good. We shall see. But I'll I'll go just for Capcom Heroes more than well, else. and they're so in uh, indie. They're playing on I think Friday night with the Jasons, who are great. So mm-hmm. I kind of was thinking about that, but I don't know. I might just lick my wounds for a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, Save my money. Your, you got your Austin thing. Yep. Yep. And we got a big vacation coming up in February. Yeah, and then you got Chicago the in two weeks. Um, it's actually a it's actually a bummer, Neil, because that I'm not I'm coming home February eleventh from we're going to uh Dominican. Um and that weekend they're doing that street Sound of the Streets Festival, which I gotta tell you, I probably would have had to come down for Doc Rotten's playing. A bunch of our pals are playing that festival. Oh, that's right, man. I've forgotten about that thing. Yeah. That's at Reggie's, that's a two dayer. Yep. So I don't know. Hopefully you can get over and say goodbye or say hello to some of our pals. I, I don't know. Like I said, I just I, I'm kind of bummed out. I would have liked to make that work, but yeah, that was a drag though because you never know what the weather's going to be like in February. It could be pretty, snow in fucking ten inches. Pretty much. That's why I see there's like a show coming in like January, the end of January or something that I kind of want to go see. And I'm just like, Ugh, I don't know, man. That's yeah. pretty and tough. End but... of January, all of February. It could be just. Well, driving around, the, driving around the lakes is a bear, obviously. Yeah, it is. So, all right. All right. I'm going to do... you got one more song to play. Yep. Speaking of our buddy Pete. Yes. Vince Ellie in New Jersey. You know, we're pretty good pals with the guys from Pro Rock. And they've been kind of quiet, but they, now they have just put out a new record by this Italian band called The Crooks. Had you ever heard of them, Neil? I had not heard of them before. I saw the press I, release this week. I had never heard of them either. Um... Sort of punky, power poppy, you know, somewhere between like our pals Latte Plus, maybe and like like Guida, kind of that rock and rolly yeah, 70s yeah, yeah. 70s kind, kind of, of vibe, yeah. Um, and when Pro Rock puts out a new record, I'm not really afraid of Kenny, but um, Pete does make me a little nervous. I feel like he's the type of guy where he says, "Hey, we got a new band coming out," and if you ignore him, like maybe your border collie's head ends up in bed with you or something. <laughs> Is that just because it's got an Italian last name? Is that it? Yes, that does. It's, it's, it's strictly stereotyping. <laughs> just kidding, but we love that. We love the Pro Rock guys. They're real good to us, man. If you go on their website, you see our logo. Yeah, they are good to us. It's for been sure. a great. It's been a great relationship with them. Yep. So actually, so this is going to be a best of, best of friends, best of spam. I don't know, but we're going to play a twofer. And the first one is called "I Know," right, Neil? Yes, I know. That's yep. a, I think probably maybe the best song on the record. I'm. I'm probably will get around to a written review at some point. And the other one is called Bad Boys, and it features Ricky Rat. Now, I can't confirm this is our pal Ricky Rat from Detroit, but who else would it be? Uh, right, and that's funny enough. I was talking to Ricky Rat just today. That's well, you should. I should have had you ask him because I don't really like message him straight because I'm, I'm 
I assume this is him, but maybe there's like a German Ricky Rat or something, like the guy from the Sewer Rats or Ricky something. Ricky Rat, yes. But uh, they're cool. They're cool songs, and uh, yeah. So this is Italian import. I think this is. I think it's in stock, ready to ready to send out. So go fly over to the Pro Rock R A W K record site and uh, check it out. Um, the Italian connection is strong over there. Not only do they have a uh, Guido helping run the label, they are just importing Guido bands for us, Neil. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Guido. Am I allowed to say Guido? Guido. Guido the Guido Ben Judah. Ju- Guido. Guido. What? <laughs> okay. Guido Bandito. Yeah. Okay, this anyway. is the crooks with I Know and then Bad Boys, right? That's it? Yep. Okay.
right, on Pro Rock Records, yes. you have the Crooks from Chicago uh, and New Jersey. From from Milan, Italy. I have no idea if they're from Milan, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't are. know why you said that. I don't know where they're <laughs> from in Italy. I think they're from the same areas as like Latte Plus because um, the guitar player from the Crooks produces the Latte albums. Okay. So that's the connection. That's probably how they came to the. And I believe it might be. It's probably most... like an. It's an old world Omerta thing. Like if you don't put out our band, I don't know. It's Benito yeah. Mussolini's grandson. And Some Crooks. pretty catchy power pop stuff. It's good stuff. So, anyway, all right, Neil, I must go pick up my daughter before she starts texting at me. Okie dokie, you have it. It's it's been a pleasure, man. We'll do it again soon, I'm sure. Yep. We got all these guests lined up, and I'm sure we're gonna have to be able to talk about our Black Flag adventure. Oh my I'm god! Sure yes. Black Fla- I'm sure Black Flag won't be nearly as photogenic as the Dead Boys, but we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He has gone back to his coffin. He is now there. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> he's buried in the dirt of his homeland. Yeah. <laughs> With his, oh, with, his, with his back pain, Neil, his back pain. Yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, the briefs and Susie Moon are carrying on that tour. I, the did you see they changed the name of the tour? I think this is so great. They call it the Sonically Reduced Tour. Yeah, that was very clever. That was, <laughs> that was nicely done. Well, I hope they're I hope they're doing well. I mean, I, I, I am irritated with Cheetah for letting down all these people that wanted to see the Dead Boys. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yes, indeed. So anyway, all right, Neil. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure talking to all of you out there in yes. podcast land, as usual. Thank you all for listening. Uh, tell fun. your friends, tell your mothers, tell your brothers, tell everybody to come listen to us. This is a bold new Talk era. We're on the march. We're on the march to three hundred. <laughs> indeed, we just one small step on the march. It's gonna be to like a perfect bowling game. <laughs> sure. Why anyway, not? yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Keep a little yep. mark in your heart. What's Stay the other free. Stay free. Stay free. I will smell you. We'll see you later. Talk to you next time, boy. Bye. See ya. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit!